In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the month of Hattor, and uh, the Lord speaks to us in the Gospel reading today about discipleship. And he mentions specifically those who start strong, but then somewhere along the way of their spiritual path, they stumble and are not able to continue. Um, when the Lord speaks about discipleship, he uses different analogies, um, one of them being the analogy of the tower, that someone begins to build a tower, um, but they don't have enough resources to complete it. And so halfway through, they, they stop building and they're not able to continue. And so he said, the foolish person is a person who begins an endeavor without knowing that they have enough resources to continue it to the end. And so he asks us as Christians, as believers, to count the cost. He says, um, do you have what it takes? Do you know the cost that it, it, will, it will cost you in order to be a disciple? And oftentimes we, we start things um, without really fully understanding what the cost is. And maybe we find ourselves um, halfway through and not able to continue. He says in verse 29, he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish. So I want to speak about um, the idea of apostasy. Apostasy is the falling away. Um, apostasy means an act of refusing to continue to follow, obey, or recognize a religious faith or the abandonment, abandonment of a previous loyalty or defection. Um, one important thing to understand about people who, who fall into apostasy is that this isn't something that was ever intended. It wasn't something that they had planned. It wasn't something that they thought would ever even happen to them, um, especially in the strongest parts of our lives, um, the times where we feel the closest to God, the times where we feel like the most indebted to God. Maybe we feel in these moments um, that there is nothing that can happen to ever make me to fall away from God, and it's something that we trivialize. We, we look to other people and we say, yeah, maybe this happens to other people, but it's never going to happen to me. Um, but if we are not careful in the way that we lead our lives, maybe we will find ourselves very, very gradually and slowly um, on this path without even realizing it. And this is um, some of the most successful temptations that Satan wars against us with are the ones that are imperceptible, the ones that are um, a, a series of very, very small compromises, very small decisions, very small actions or lack of action that we are take but that accumulate over a long, long period of time that if we were to look at ourselves now compared to how we were five years ago, ten years ago, um, we'll find that there has been a slide, there has been a fade that's happened um, and, and it didn't happen in a day and it didn't happen in a way that I was able to perceive it, um, some decision, some big decision that I had taken, but maybe something that um, developed um, over time. So this week and next week I want to speak about this path of apostasy. Um, what does it take for us to kind of slide down um, the slide? This, this week we're going to speak about the biblical warnings of apostasy um, and the causes of personal apostasy. And then the second week, next week, we're going to speak about signs of apostasy and guarding um, against it. So some verses that the Lord speaks about, or the, the scripture speaks about when it comes to apostasy. Um, in Luke 9:62, it says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning, when someone has accepted the calling and is now beginning to work, and then they look back, meaning they are, they are desiring back the life that they had before, um, they're, 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 they're looking to, to return to the life that they had before. He's saying, um, this person is not fit for the kingdom of God. Maybe we think of the example uh, of uh, Lot's wife. L Lot's wife um, and, and her whole family, they were living in the city of Sodom. 
and angels came to them and told them the city is going to be burned with fire god is going to send fire on the city to destroy it because of the sin of the people but this place is actually the place that lot had chosen to live if you remember before this happened before lot dwelt in the city of sodom there was a discussion that was had between lot and abraham and the, 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 the servants of Lot and the servants of Abraham were quarreling with each other because there wasn't enough place for both of their flocks to reside in the same land. And so they decided they were going to separate from each other, each one to go live in a, in a separate place. And uh, Abraham, being very humble, he told Lot, you choose the place that you want to live. Like, I'll give you the first choice choose where you want to live, and I will pick whatever place that you do not choose. And so Lot chose this land which was very fertile land um, for the sake of his flocks, um, which was in the land of Sodom. Now, from an from a economic perspective, definitely this land, according to Lot's perspective, was the more favorable because it, it was a place where he could have plenty of place for his flocks. But it was also a place with a reputation of being very sinful. And so Lot chose to dwell in the city of Sodom um, and, and, and even though he was a righteous man and he did not participate in the things that the people did, but he chose to, to, to live there in the city of Sodom, even while um, it was, had a very bad reputation and there were, you know, it, was, it was known to be a wicked city. So when it came time for uh, the city to be destroyed, where God was going to bring judgment on the city and, and rain down fire on the city, um, he told Lot and his family to escape and they began to escape. Um, but Lot's wife... Um, her heart was still attached to that place, was still attached to that place as her home. And so while they were escaping, she turned and she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt, um, as the scripture says. So here he's saying, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And we will talk a little bit more about this um, later, but the idea that whatever, whatever mission, um, whatever goal we have, we have to keep working toward it and not be looking back, which will actually just make us to stumble. In Galatians 3.3, 3, it says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Um, here, speaking about those people who, when they accept um, to be believers, when they have faith, when they, when they are baptized, that they are beginning in a spiritual path. Um, and maybe many of us who have been um, Christians for a very long time um, can relate to this, that maybe there were seasons in our life where we felt more spiritual or when we felt like we were being guided by God more than we are now or when we are more zealous than we are now or times where our prayers were more effortless than they are now or whatever it might be. And maybe we found ourselves kind of falling away and, and not, not being as zealous or as committed um, as we were at the beginning. And then finally in Second Peter 2 verse 21, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. One of the frightening things um, that the scripture reveals to us has to do with the way that God judges and that how his judgment for those people who already know the truth is actually a harsher judgment than for those people who have yet to discover it. So those people who already know the truth and have already begun on the path uh, of Christianity, the path of faith, and then choose at some point there, having received all of these things, knowing the truth, having received them, 
to, to willfully turn back again to the things that they used to be before, that this person will receive a harsher judgment than the people who maybe have never heard of it and are living in sin and wickedness. So it's important for us to heed the warnings that, that the scripture gives us about apostasy and not to consider again that this is just something that happens to other people or people that are not as strong in faith as me. Um, this can happen for to anyone for many reasons. And we're going to speak a little bit about some of the causes. The first reason why maybe a person would fall into apostasy is love of the present world. Um, St. Paul speaks about a servant of his, uh, his name was Demas, um, and he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas was mentioned also in other places among the list of the people who were serving with St. Paul, um, but sometime along the way, um, Demas turned back from his service. And, and he says, what? Having loved the present world, what is it that prevented him from continuing along the path of salvation? It was because that in his heart, his heart turned back again to the world that he had left. Um, and certainly we struggle with this um, as believers. We struggle with the idea that we are, we are trying to work toward the future. We're trying to work toward eternal life. And we place before our eyes eternal life and we try to convince ourselves that this is the most important life and we should be doing the things that are necessary to attain such a life but at the same time on a daily basis we are being pulled to the world we are being pulled by our desires for this world we are being pulled by the desires for pleasure the desires for money the the desires for the things of the flesh that are very visible to us and that appeal to our senses on a very very regular basis and in a very real way and so the thought maybe comes to us it's like well if you choose to give up all of these things well you're giving them up and it's painful it's it's difficult and we feel maybe that we are losing out because we have not we are not participating in them as we see the world around us is participating um, and we are doing so to attain a life that maybe we see it as being very far away um, something something that is that is far um, again like in the examples that the Lord gave in the scripture about counting the cost it's like are we when we accept the faith um, have we accepted the cost that, that it's going to cost us this, that, that we are called to give up something, and that Christianity is not just about receiving blessings and receiving the gifts of God, but it's also about showing love to God. And to love God means there is sacrifice, just as love dem God demonstrated his love to us through sacrifice. So also we demonstrate our love to him through personal sacrifice. And one of the reasons of the apostasy of people is those people who love the present world um, and they become attached to it and it frustrates their progress and it be a stumbling block to them that they're unable to continue in this path because their heart is turning back again just like Lot's wife turned back again to what it is that she had left and she was attached to it so that's the first reason for the falling away um, it is love of the world the second is a loss of sight of the goal um, Again, sometimes we, we, we do things uh, for so long and we forget why we do them, right? We, we forget what is the purpose uh, of, of what we are doing things and we do things mindlessly. Um, this is especially true of people who have been in the church for a very long time, um, who have become accustomed to all of the traditions of the church, to all of the rites of the church, to the vocabulary that we use in the church, to the, 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 you know, the way we're supposed to think and talk and do and act and so on. Um, but after a while, maybe we begin to forget, why is it even that we do these things? Like, what is the purpose of these things? Um, you know, someone who comes to the church maybe new and is introduced to a whole new 
set of beliefs and 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 rights and ways of doing things and ways of talking and um and maybe has such a, a strong sense of their personal salvation um and 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 how this church um is a, a place that provides such a salvation um and and there are many people who come to the church in tears and they come they come like even on their day of baptism right that the day of baptism is like a very holy day to them uh, a day where they are coming and and they feel like their whole life is being changed and transformed by the events that are happening to them and they feel the calling of god and they feel like this is a new direction in their life and they they're so committed right um to it but somewhere along the way over time maybe um the focus changes from being about their salvation being about the gift that god has given to them changes to something else um they be begin to be bored they begin to um grumble they begin to feel like god hasn't given me what i wanted or they go through some difficulties in their life not that they that that wasn't intended they begin to take for granted the gift that had they have received and um it no longer becomes so precious in their sight as it was at the beginning and when this happens um they begin to lose sight of the goal and the, the 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 things that we do for instance the sacraments um that we do which is for the purpose of our salvation it turns from being a life-giving sacrament in our in our eyes to being a rule to being a duty to being something that i have to do because i was told to do so and you can you can see how if someone is perceiving things rightly then this is this is ridiculous actually think of a an example of someone who is drowning in the ocean right if someone is drowning in the ocean in need of salvation and then somebody comes and offers them a life preserver um in order to save their life they would they would see it as is truly life giving they would see it as truly like so thankful that 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 these people have offered me a way to live right they have given me something that's necessary to live and and something that would bring me great joy and comfort um because otherwise i thought i was going to die um and and so the way they see that salvation um is very personal and very precious to them um so maybe part of the the problem is when we lose sight of the goal is we lose sight of the problem we lose sight of the fact that we are we are without christ we are dead and that that our destiny is eternal condemnation and that and that our 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 physical death used to mean eternal spiritual death but it only because of the work of Christ in our lives um and the work of the sacraments the holy spirit in us that he has granted us salvation from this he's granted us victory over death it's not something that we should be taking for granted um but sometimes we lose again sight of the goal or related to the first point as well loving for the present world sometimes we lose sight of the goal because we see that the purpose of god is simply to give us our desires um whatever it is that's going to make my life easier whatever it is that i want in my life that's the thing that i'm seeking from god that's the thing i want from him um and if he doesn't give it to me i become upset or angry with him uh and 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 i fixate on such anger i fixate on my disappointment i fixate on the things that i wish were different in my life and are not and maybe i'm bitter toward god because of it and lose sight again of well look at what god has given he has given far greater than these things he has given whatever problems we experience in this life are temporary um but the things he has granted us are eternal the things that are going to last forever so another reason why people maybe fall away is because they lose sight of the goal they lose sight of of what is it that we should we should be doing the third reason of personal apostasy is longing for the past memories of slavery 
when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they were miserable. They were absolutely miserable. There was nothing about their life that they saw as being redeeming. There was nothing good. There was nothing that they enjoyed. Um, they were they were they were worked very in a very difficult way, a way that is beyond their ability. Um, and they were they received nothing. They were mistreated. Like there was nothing about their lives. When you read about um, the how is it that they were treated and their lives in the book of Exodus, there was nothing good about it. Right? There was nothing good about it at all. Um, so when they were released from slavery, when when God brought them up out of Egypt. You would have expected that their reaction um, to be one of joy, and it was at the beginning. At the beginning, it was joy. At when 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 they crossed the Red Sea to escape from the Egyptians, when they saw how God caused Pharaoh and his army to be swallowed up by the Red Sea, they sang songs and they 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 said like this is the greatest day ever, right? Um, but after some time. Uh, of wandering in the wilderness and experiencing the, the the harsh reality of the wilderness and in their hunger they began to despise what is it that god had given them that even though he granted them freedom he said no actually you know what we were better off before we were better off when we were egypt why because we had food to eat they said oh that we had died by the hand of the lord in the land of egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full what is it that they remembered about their past life? They didn't remember the slavery. They didn't remember being being hit or whipped. or they didn't, they didn't remember all the injustice. They just said, you know what? Our stomachs were full. We, we at least had food to eat. And we would be better if God had never even brought us up out of Egypt. And we could just remain there, right? And so, again, one of the reasons that maybe people turn back um, from God and fall away from God is they think back to the life they had before. Um, a life maybe that had a lot of problems, um, a lot of difficulties, but what they remember is something that they desired, some, something that they had left and left behind, some slavery that they had left behind, whether it be some sin that they had to turn their back on, um, but they desired it. Um, they, 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 their, their heart longs back again for Egypt, for the slavery that, that, was, that was there, and they turn back from that. Instead of being appreciative, of what is it that God has given. And this says something to us also about the spiritual life, that even though there are certainly moments of joy um, in the spiritual life, like again, I mentioned like the day of baptism, when a person feels very close to God and uh, they feel like their entire like spiritual life is ahead of them, right? This does not mean that there will not be times of wilderness. It doesn't mean that there will not be times of difficulty. It doesn't mean that there won't be times where we are struggling and we, we you know, maybe the, the naive uh perceptions that we had about how life was at the beginning of our spiritual journey thinking that it's going to be just that joyful all the time and that there's never going to be any suffering and there's never going to be any times of darkness or any times of doubt or times where things are not going the way that we wanted you know when we enter into the spiritual life with that kind of naive view then when those things happen we will be shocked and we will think that there's something wrong or we'll think that we've been abandoned by god or we'll become disappointed in him because he's allowed these things to happen to us. But when we look at it as, as, as an understanding that, yes, there, God is with us and God is granting us the most important thing, but we are still living in a broken world. We're still living in a world that is filled with wickedness and darkness and we will be subject to such darkness. And we should not expect that God is going to come and remove and delete everything, every bad thing 
um, in this world. But actually what, what he promises is to take these things that are broken and to turn them into good for us, but not to cancel them out. So we shouldn't long for the past or look back or think, you know what, my life before um, was better. Spiritual bankruptcy um, is another reason why uh, people might fall away. Uh, there are seasons of life where we feel maybe just naturally close to God or when we see God working and doing something good and we're happy, we see that God is present. Um, we feel just a natural spiritual connection uh, with God without maybe having to do much effort. But there are other seasons of life where um, it is not the case. There are other seasons of life where we struggle even to believe that God is good where we struggle even to remember his goodness because of the struggles that we face on a daily basis. And one of the things that accelerates this um, is because uh, we are not consistent in our, um, in, our, in our practices. We're not consistent in our spiritual practices. And so we find ourselves being bankrupt. You know, the, the way that someone is bankrupt is whatever money they had is spent, 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 until eventually they don't have any money left right so spiritual bankruptcy again is not something that happens in a day when a company goes bankrupt you know it's not because one day everything was great and the next day everything is is not it's spending more money than you have spending more than you have um, and if the circumstances of life are difficult and it's causing us to spend meaning um, I, I am I am suffering I am in the constant need of a consolation from God, comfort from God. I'm in constant need of, of reassurance from God. Um, but I am not seeking him. I am not trying to do anything to receive such assurance. I am not coming to church and I'm not praying. I'm not taking communion. I'm not confessing. I'm not doing any of the things that actually draw me closer to God. Um, then over time, like my spiritual bank account is going to start to deplete until it is completely drained and then I become spiritually bankrupt. And the spiritual bankruptcy that I have is on top of the problems that I already have, a recipe for disaster, right? And maybe we look at it in, that, in those moments of spiritual bankruptcy and we start to blame God for everything. We tell, just blame him for the problems that we have. We we we're blaming him because he is not granting us comfort or he is not giving us hope and we feel our life is dark and bleak. Well, maybe part of that or a big part of that is we have not been seeking him, right? Uh, we have not been seeking comfort or we seek comfort in kind of these spurts or emergency situations, but we don't have any kind of consistent um, spiritual life. So this absence of the daily nourishment that we are receiving from God um, over time, we'll starve um, and we will be bankrupt. And at that point, when someone reaches such bankruptcy, they will want to leave him completely. They say, you know what? He's not giving me anything. He, he, you know, maybe I feel even that my spiritual life is a burden as opposed to it being a source of comfort. It's actually a burden on me. And because I'm already burdened and I have all this struggle and anxiety and I suffer from all these various problems that I have, um, I don't have any time for God. I don't have any energy for God. I have to just figure things out on my own. Instead of seeing God as being the source of comfort and nourishment and, 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 and wealth, spiritual wealth, um, instead I see him as the problem. Um, the fifth reason for personal apostasy is distraction by a foreign love. Um, Judas Iscariot, for instance, um, he was uh, an apostle. He was called to be an apostle just like all the other apostles. Um, he performed miracles like all the other apostles. 
He saw the miracles of Christ. He heard his sermons. He saw everything that Christ did and said. Um, and yet, in the end, he betrayed him. Um, and, and one of the reasons he betrayed him was because of his love for money. Um, and, 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 and so he, he wanted to use his ministry as a means of personal gain um, for himself. And so he had a love that was disrupting and confusing um, the will of God for him. What is it that God had called him for? There was something that was intermixed with it that caused kind of like his heart to be divided. His heart to be divided. Um, and so he tried to be both. He said, I will continue my role as apostle. But at the same time, I am going to pursue the love of money uh, while I am an apostle. Right? And so even though he was called to a life of complete consecration and he was called to a life of ministry and was called a life of faith and yet he tried to uh, in inject into this and have have this while at the same time having a love for the world and having a love for um, uh, something else that was kind of maybe a vice of his a personal weakness of his and so sometimes this is what we try to do we believe in God and we want to follow him and we want to do good but at the same time there is a certain area of my life maybe a beloved sin um, that I want to pursue simultaneously with that uh, I want to be both I want to be a believer but I also uh, I'm not willing to give up a certain sin and so we try to live a life where both these things are present uh, at the same time and maybe for a time we believe that it's possible we believe that we can kind of compartmentalize them and separate them and we can have this and we can have that and maybe I go and you know I confess my sins and I ask God to forgive me um, for the sin that I commit um, and and I feel comfortable I feel like things are are working out but eventually over time again gradually maybe even without me realizing it that sin will begin to consume me and it will begin to draw me away just like it happened with Judas actually up until the end um, of the story uh, where Judas betrays Christ we don't hear very much about him right we didn't hear very much about whatever it is he was doing there was no indication that there was anything really that was happening um, wrong but we it is revealed to us at the end almost kind of like as a side note in the scripture saying oh by the way uh, he used to help himself to the money from the money box like as though this is something that had maybe been happening all along but it had never been mentioned before it had never been talked about before but it was something that was in his heart from the beginning so when the Lord called him to be an apostle he said yes I will be an apostle but he found himself in this situation where he couldn't disconnect himself from the love of money um, and so he continued to find a way to pursue it even while he was an apostle um, and and this is when the Lord speaks about being hot or cold or lukewarm in the book of Revelation and he said um, those who are lukewarm I will spew out of my mouth uh, the lukewarmness is trying to have both at the same time trying to be hot and cold simultaneously this is what makes us to be lukewarm um, and and these are the people who do not feel convicted strongly of their sin because they are in addition to their sin they're also doing many good things um, they are coming to church and they are praying and they are serving and they're doing all these things so they feel like well if you look at my life there's a lot of positive things okay yeah um, but there's also this hidden component a component that is in darkness that maybe is not being repented of that is not being confessed something that remains there because I'm pursuing it 
um, simultaneously. Um, the last point that I want to mention is adopting a Christianity void of a cross. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says, Consider the work of God. For who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of diversity consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other, so that man can find out nothing that will come, out, uh, that will come after him. When, when someone believes and adopts a form of Christianity, believing that it will only be good things, that it will only be pleasant things, there will only be things that feel good, um, it will only be things that I choose and that I want, right? They will be very easily, they will very easily fall away because the reality is, is that, um, again, as the book of Ecclesiastes says, the rain falls on the righteous and the wicked, meaning both the righteous and the wicked will have a bad day. Both the righteous and the wicked will have it rained on them. And um, it is, it's not the case that a person who is super spiritual or super righteous or, you know, super helpful or super good, that that person is never going to experience suffering or tribulations. Um, and actually here it says, um, who can make straight what, what, what he has made in the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider, surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. Meaning God has granted both. And, and both have a purpose and both have a reason to be. Um, but so a person who um, believes, again, incorrectly, when they f go down this path of discipleship of Christianity, that um, all there will be is, is happiness, all there will be is things that are pleasant and good, um, they will be disappointed. And maybe this is a reason, again, for them um, to fall away. So these are six reasons that we mentioned um, about um, causes of personal apostasy, love of the present world, loss of sight of the goal, longing for the past memories of slavery, spiritual bankruptcy, distraction by foreign love, and adopting a Christianity void um, of a cross. God willing, next time we'll speak about the remaining two topics, which are the signs of apostasy, um, as well as guarding against apostasy, and glory be to God forever. Amen.